0: On a sunny afternoon in July 1977, a young boy around 10 years old was playing in the backyard of his family home with his friends in central Illinois. Hide and seek was the game, and it being summer, the three boys spent most of the day playing outside. However, this time, the fun would be cut short. Around 8.30pm, two giant birds approached the home. The boys all saw them as they swooped down towards one, who ran and hid in an empty pool. The second boy also managed to escape, but the third was lagging behind, scrambling to the side of the yard. One of these giant birds swept down and picked him up by the shirt two feet off the ground. As he screamed for his mom and punched the bird, his efforts worked and the bird dropped him on the grass, safe but traumatized. Later the statements of the mother, son, and two friends were that they witnessed a jet black giant bird with a ten foot wingspan and standing as tall as a man. So, what did they see that afternoon in 1977? For hundreds of years, indigenous legends have told of great flying creatures known as thunderbirds, appearing in folklore across North America, as well as other places around the world where ancient birds hold prominent place in mythology. But what happened in Illinois in 1977, and for the countless other sightings and encounters of enormous flying monsters around the world, These creatures are far beyond mere indigenous myth. Join us tonight on Into the Portal as we investigate the history, mythology, and strange real-world tales of legendary giant birds.
1: Welcome back into the portal. I'm your host Amber Ray. Hey
0: everybody, I'm your co-host Andrew McKay.
1: And we're coming at you with thunderbird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
0: as good as I can do. Yeah. I, I was trying to do like the the. Uh the classic like murder she wrote eagle sound anytime (laughs) they do something to do with like native american folklore
1: or the navajo desert yeah or the
0: navajo (laughs) desert yeah every single scene transition there's a there's a eagle (laughs) yeah anyway so yeah we're doing i've been really wanting to do this for a really long time
1: yeah you've been harping on this for a bit
0: and a few got bumped Uh, ahead yeah but yeah. thunderbirds and giant birds in thunderbirds
1: kind of just slipped in there hey it like did. We, we had a different idea for this week, we honestly but...
0: well we've had a list of all kinds of ideas and that, that, have that has changed bumped around and changed yes but uh that's anyways
1: okay. i'm pff, we don't really have many updates i guess hey no. before we dive into this yeah 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 um the only thing i can really think of is the items available Yes. that I'm really pumped on and I wish I had a bigger budget for myself. <laughs> I, but know, I would right? literally buy about a dozen pillows probably I if know. I could.
0: Cover the whole dozen uh, pillows.
1: Please. But uh, we
0: finally got our logo formatted properly so.
1: Yeah so the black and white logo is up available. Uh, we have merch so we've got yeah. like t-shirts and these really nice looking like super soft crew necks. that are just cool. Like, yeah they're really really stylish yeah
0: so if you want to support the show and and if you like the show like yeah check that out it's through t public and the link is on our website and uh
1: yeah, we've yeah got lots of lots of cool stuff it's awesome um but anyways yeah like i yeah anything else i think we need to dive into origins as we <laughs> normally start off with okay. on this podcast okay cool i so so just well, straight we can't thund- wait a second here let's just see i want to know what prompted you to be so fascinated with the thunderbirds topic
0: Okay. Well, here's the thing. I don't even know if it was Thunderbirds per se that yeah. got me really interested because I feel like that word's just sort of been in public consciousness. Like we, yeah. we graduated from the university of British Columbia and it's the, the Thunderbirds down in Vancouver up oh, up yeah. in the Okanagan. It's the heat, but it's the UBC Thunderbirds in Vancouver, but there's all kinds of different yeah. like names. And obviously most of the totem poles on the West coast and stuff like that, they have the different eagles and birds mm-hmm. at the top. And those are Thunderbirds uh, yeah. oftentimes. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it was just like stories in general of giant birds, like, and if they could be linked to the Thunderbird. So that's what we're getting into in this episode. It's not just about legends, but...
1: So to clarify, you're saying... We're trying to link the mythologies of thunderbirds, say in like North American folklore and all that history. That's ancient, ancient, and yeah. and globally too, because there is other indigenous peoples and stuff that have similar yeah. stories. Yeah. Um. So we're trying to connect that to the modern sightings that people have reported of these giant birds. Yes. Terrorizing birds.
0: Yes. Yeah. I would just like to find some sort of some sort of truth. Okay. I'm trying, trying to find some.
1: I honestly for me when i when you first said thunderbirds yeah i thought of a episode of astonishing legends that i can't even remember what they were actually talking about what the episode was about but i distinctly remember i don't know if it's me misremembering it's like mandela effect or something <laughs> but i remember them mentioning some it was a astronomer and
2: okay.
1: supposedly he saw a Flight, like sorry, not a flight, a flock of giant birds that would have had the like wingspan of a small plane, yeah, flying in formation on the sun or the moon. I can't remember. Right, and I. I freaking, I'm just kicking myself because I do not know. I was like, just, I, I was rifling through all their episodes, like just the yeah. list of them trying to figure out if I could find the reference or like some sort of spark that would clue into Isn't my memory. Isn't that so in when
0: you remember something that you're like, you can't find it anywhere. If
1: anyone else can back me up on that, I would really appreciate it. If it
0: was from one of their episodes, you might even remember, be remembering something else.
1: Maybe. Anyway. It's quite possible. Yeah.
0: We binge watch a lot of, or watch, watch listen to yeah. a lot of, uh, I'm just staring at my phone well, watching. Well, especially
1: it. when I was in the <laughs> cellar. Like that's all I would do all day is just put on podcasts. Yeah, very true. Uh, yeah. Okay. So anyways, we're very yeah.
0: strange. So Thunderbirds, though the origin, <clears throat> the origin of the Thunderbirds legend. The thing is, is it's it's kind of everywhere, but the sort of for the most part, the origins are sort of Northwest American or <clears throat> American indigenous, and up into Canada as well. Indigenous to, peoples up mythology. to Alaska. Well, yeah, for sure.
1: So that would, like, you know, I'm almost the way that it's been described. So you get lots of hot spots in Texas, Illinois, and Alaska. Yeah. And um, was it Pennsylvania? But anyways, the way I was almost thinking about it is like, is this a migratory pattern? Like, are they flying from the south to the north and then back?
0: Because of where these, just in general, like the legends of the birds, mm-hmm. like in, in terms of mythology, where they've been seen, you mean?
1: Let's just cover. Sorry, we didn't even really the Thunderbird.
0: <laughs> yeah, so let's get to that first. Let's
1: just yeah define so, what that actually is. Yeah, so like, it's,
0: it's just it's a it's. It's a mythological creature in terms of, like, the straight-up definition. Like, I will read you the Canadian encyclopedia definition. A thunderbird, a supernatural creature prominent in northwest coast indigenous myths. Mm-hmm. Thunder and lightning are attributed to the thunderbird, and we have theories on that that are really cool that I can't wait to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it goes on to say, which produces thunder by flapping its wings and lightning by opening and closing its eyes. The thunderbird is said to hunt whales and uses its wings to do all kinds of different mythical you know, superpowers, basically. Hmm. Um, so among some of the Plains First Nations peoples, the thunderstorms... Can we just
1: give an approximate wingspan first? Because I've heard multiple things. It's about 15 to 25 feet is kind of the range that I've... Like, you know, I'm just trying to differentiate between... Right. like. There's lots of big birds out there, obviously. yeah. yeah. These are not... Big. Bir- they're not turkey vultures they're not like you no, know they're
0: massive birds that are like legendary creatures it's like, literally sent- the
1: th- <clears throat> five times the size of a known species of bird living in like the yes. central u.s or right. wherever
0: correct so anyway yeah. i
1: just wanted to make sure we clarify that these are giant birds well yeah like, like, like even
0: this legend here it says they hunt whales you're gonna have to be pretty large if you're hunting a whale. that is crazy <laughs> okay so that's obviously like a a, a myth that's part of the legend yeah. of folklore, for, and we'll folklore. get into more of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's pretty wild. But basically, yeah, yeah it, it's <clears throat> they were sort of the the masters of the sky, whereas the orca was were you know, the masters right. of the sea. Okay. Uh-huh. And so there's a lot of like legends and folklore for like the Cowichan Valley peoples of the Cowichan Valley, and also like the Haida peoples on the west coast of mm-hmm. BC, where this thunderbird does battle with the orca, and hmm. uh, yeah, it's kind of just like this. This constant sort of feud, I guess, between those two in the the upper and lower ocean and sky.
1: That's interesting. Like um, spirits.
0: Thunderbirds are of often much. depicted in sort of drawings in an X shape, just like a lot of other birds, and sort of like on rock or paintings and things. Or I've a seen triangle. Or the triangle
1: for the body. Yes. And then yeah, the head yeah. and the wings kind of coming out from that.
0: And that's just, I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we, you see that in all kinds of different stuffs. Iroquois, as well, Algonquin. Another
1: thing I think we should differentiate is the fact that a lot of people like it, it, it's. Everyone basically describes a dark, large object. There is discrepancies between feathered reports and non-feathered. Right. So we could potentially be talking about two different things, and some of these descriptions remind me of Mothman a bit like that's because like we get things as like pterodactyl like bat like wings yeah with a with yeah like a, a scrunched up weird face like a bat yeah in some instances others we get reports of like a nice curved talon beak thing yeah or sorry a beak and then talons that are like strong like a I like a know, raptor exactly
2: yeah
1: raptor like features with feathers so I don't know like that was for me that was a point of contention I was like what we well
0: actually? that's yeah they, they definitely vary all over the well it, it, yeah for, throughout North America and then obviously around the world all these different types of gigantic bird sightings yeah, yeah like it is weird how it'll range from especially the feathers to no feathers thing because that's a that's that's, that's we're it's a
1: completely different creature yeah like. we're
0: looking at between an ancient bird or a din, like a dinosaur, even though we've actually like read things that talks about how there's evidence that many more species of dinosaurs were in yeah. fact feathered,
1: or feathered in strategic areas, almost like how humans have eyebrows and things like right.
0: that, right? And they weren't all, you know, lizard-like mm-hmm. reptile,
2: reptilian, yeah, right? Exactly. But there obviously
0: were reptile flyers, like yeah. for sure. Anyway, so, so that's the definition of a thunderbird, though it's a mythical creature for the most part. No, so it's just what is this based on? Because we're the believers that, you know, we we talked about this in the Ogopulco episode and we come across this every time we're getting into like indigenous legends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And anything for that matter, it's based on something. And whether it's just... Basically. I, I, I think it's got to be something more than just really like revering the bald eagle or the yeah. stellar sea eagle or something like that
1: and also there is the other differentiation in um first nations folklore like the passamakote indian legends that speak of thunderbirds as actual men who transform into birds oh, so that is another sort of um offshoot of the thunderbirds or legend right and to me like i, I stumbled across that black condor comic from like the Oh, just yeah. just post-war era that type of thing yeah. apparently uh according to a highly reputable source it was a a, a c-grade superhero to, to be generous <laughs> and that they would often <laughs> kill him off and then bring him back and whatever and he was just kind of this weird flying guy but i'm going to include that in our in That's the blog post funny. probably that yeah, comic yeah, yeah. strip because it was really cool and have
0: a link to it yeah for he's sure
1: he's like, soaring high like soar a soar high like a crow, crow. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, lots of different cool little offshoots, eh?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So again, like you were saying though, like what is this actually based on? Is there is like there's so many things around the world besides North America, right? That describe flying creatures, things like
0: Yeah, well let's 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 one? start by looking back like we love to do, like into antiquity a little a bit.
1: Long, Dip long, our toes. Long time ago.
0: Long time ago. We always do this. Mm-hmm. So I think, probably to me, the one that stands out the most of legendary birds of antiquity is The Rock. Or A-Rock. So, The Rock. Yeah. Not, not The Rock, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh <clears throat> A rock or rock. I've seen two spellings: so R O C or A R O C. Yeah. But it is a massive legendary bird in Middle Eastern mythology. Right. And it's it's depicted in. Oh, and it was made yeah, famous yeah.
1: in Arabian Nights, yes. right? Okay. Yes. Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, I just... yeah, yeah. Yeah. So who was that? That was like Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad, right? I've, I've never Arabian read Arabian Nights. Yeah. No, but, but it's it, yeah. It's like a bit. It's a biblical reference, though. Is it not? Sinbad isn't that attached to like Old Testament stuff? I can't remember. I can't
1: comment on anyway, that. Anyway, but it's, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's definitely a
0: part of Middle Eastern mythology and it's crossed over into other cultures as well, but this bird was said to hunt like elephants. It would baby it would, elephants. Yeah, I mean still baby el- well, baby elephants. I've seen, I've seen others that just said elephants. Baby
1: elephant full-grown rhino. What what's the difference? What's the
0: difference? No, okay, but seriously though, I mean think about that.
1: Imagine that. That's pretty gnarly
0: so yeah said to be able to carry away men no problem attack yeah baby elephants and basically and some just...
1: people nowadays like because that mark hall guy that we read that book he was saying that there actually is physical evidence to support the idea of a massive bird living in that area and many people attribute it to the host eagle
0: mm. Mm. that's a different one that's for the um new zealand that's for the pookie
1: I've seen references to the host eagle. Um, Is that for Middle East as well? Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm sure they have a massive range because I, I saw that as well for uh, for different. I areas might too. have
1: maybe got that wrong, but I from my browsing around. Or maybe
0: gold, because K, okay, because here's the thing: in a lot of these areas of the Middle East where this would be part of the legend, golden eagle definitely in those areas, in the mountainous areas okay. in there. Um, and you know, we've we came across some really cool kind of like evidence that like birds even today can carry things way bigger than we think they can in certain circumstances because of updrafts so in places in the in in this area you know in narrow valleys and canyons and things like that Mm. you never know i can't
1: come up sorry i'm trying to fact check this past eagle territory like where they were found um coming up with all sorts of bald eagle references no hasty yeah okay (laughs) anyways we'll say where you're right
0: yeah no worries i've got yeah well it's an extinct species too right
1: right so it was like the talons that they had found that was kind of the reference but i guess yeah i might have gone because the other sort of theory for the the rock is the idea that it could have been that ancient um, large flightless bird the apornis or whatever okay (laughs) apiornis which basically resembles a emu but, like, the legends were supported by the fact that its eggs were so large and and its nests were large. And so people were okay. thinking that it could have, I don't know, potentially been a manhunter. Man it would have hunted its prey on ground. Uh, similar to, I saw clips from, uh, what's it called, uh, 10,000 BC.
2: Yeah, okay. That movie, I don't yeah. know how crazy that <laughs> yeah. was. But yeah. they have
1: all those, yeah, those huge, like, megafauna. And there's this one scene where they're getting chased by whatever the... the well, the bad guys whoever they are and then uh they they wander into this like grove where it's like literally like massive grass it looks like a scene from honey i shrunk the kids where they're in the backyard and the, the grass blades are like massive yeah and then essentially yeah they get like hunted down by these like things and they just like swoop in or like super fast obviously you should watch that
0: again actually
1: fun. yeah that would be a fun one it would be
0: fun there's another legendary one and you're gonna love this name Ooh. it's called the Simurgh. Smurge. <laughs> <laughs> the smurge i thought you'd like that smurge, smurge? um that's probably misspelt and i maybe just yeah i'm obviously butchering that classic andrew basically do, it's a legendary bird it's another sort of uh middle eastern one legendary bird in ancient persia Ooh. it's just uh, equated basically with the phoenix um oh, and, cool. and people think that the phoenix actually the legend of the phoenix developed out of uh, legends of the Sh- the smerg Smur- um, along you know trade routes and the silk road and things like that hmm. um yeah it's based, but it was benevolent so it was oh, okay. uh it was a it, not a manhunter no just like the phoenix it no it was not a manhunter but it was a massive bird with a super long tail and basically from images it just resembles like a peacock or something almost now okay. but, ma- but a massive bird cool then we've already said it we've got the pookie or the, the Pukai. Pukai. Now...
1: That's the New Zealand one?
0: Legendary bird <clears throat> from the Maori people in New Zealand.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: This one's not nice. Not like the Shmurr. <laughs> that sounds like something from Lord of the Rings or something.
1: I'm thinking Surge from, like, Toy Story. <laughs>
0: <God>. <laughs> That's way off. Yeah. What are you talking about? I
1: don't know. Schmerge. I'm also thinking, like, Smurdus okay Okay. (laughs)
0: moving on moving we're moving okay so so we have the yeah the pukai so a legendary bird that attacked and preyed on humans according to maori legend and it was described by sir george gray who was an early governor of new zealand i don't have an exact date for him but i can Hmm. pull that up and have it in notes and basically it was a huge black and white bird mostly black Hmm. with a red uh, chest red bits on its chest and yellow green tips on its wings Whoa. So in Maori legend, yeah, it was said to kill and eat humans. It was also pronounced ha-ka-we, Hakawai, H A K A W A I, and it would even prey on basically like any like any, there was also like moa and large flightless birds in New Zealand and stuff like that, and it was said to prey on those. No moa.
1: Problem. So we got another like uh, like,
0: like, an, like emu an emu type kind thing? of like bird, and this thing would just fly down, pluck them up, and just piece the scene.
1: What? Okay, wait a second. So an emu flying. <laughs>
0: no 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 no, no <laughs> not the moa this thing would eat the moa the pukai just, oh, right and this would okay. basically be similar to like you've already mentioned the hast eagle in terms of like it being a raptor this was a bird of prey it had talons that could pick stuff up and fly away
1: wow okay
0: so that's a pretty gnarly one and that definitely well yeah i mean that crosses over into stuff that from witness witnessed events in uh, in the u.s that we'll mention in a minute. Yeah. So, but that's one of my favorite cool. ones. that That's a cool one in New Zealand.
1: Another ancient one that we did come across, really, really briefly. I didn't really find too much info. Is the imgig?
0: Oh my god. The so We're this really is maybe the most
1: M-g- ancient. Well, it's spelled I M G I G.
0: We're not doing a good job of making these things sound intimidating, though. Like the imgig and the schmurg coming at you, it doesn't sound too. Uh... <sighs>
1: well you might be saying something different if you actually see them swooping down but <laughs> okay, cool. yeah no this one is cool too it's very ancient it's from sumerian culture mm. and similar it is cool. it is pretty nefarious it's a flying monster capable of carrying off antelope <laughs> didn't have any specific reference to it snatching humans i would assume if it's carrying off antelopes it's probably carrying off babies and children too
0: (laughs) well even an antelope's pretty heavy you could carry off a a full-grown human like a full-grown antelope is probably 200 pounds or more yeah it's gotta be that
1: was i found that um to be similar to the arabia the rock the rock yeah
0: we've got some really cool pictures of that i can't wait to just like put those on social media and stuff there's so many gnarly ones where it's like they're all they're all you know funny like medieval paintings almost basically but yeah. they're, they're gnarly like just... or even
1: there's ones of like uh like rock sculptures and or like um in, inscriptions and stuff like that yeah
0: and, and um, it's just
1: or pect- petroglyphs yeah
0: <laughs> petro with a t petro yes uh yes we didn't pe- screw it up this time
1: what was the other one though there's petroglyphs P- pictograph. and pictographs now the one right? yeah. yeah yeah so anyways yeah
2: that's
0: so we're moving on. So, yeah. So those are some examples of legendary birds of antiquity.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, we have some theories, that, more theories as to what those might be. Yeah. Already given a few. Hmm. But I think we should, I think it's more enticing to people because most of our listeners are in North America, obviously. Yeah. And we don't want to alienate Europe. We'll be over there doing some crazy myths and legends sure eventually. But I, I think we should focus on um, moving into North America here. Definitely. So... I've got some kind of cool info. We both have the same kind of notes here for the early settlement info, and I think it was really, really cool. You're
1: talking you, 1600s? you talking
0: six, yes. Do you want to go, do you want to talk about Jacques Marquette?
1: Um, I think you have more notes on that guy, don't you? Okay, cool. <sighs> yeah, so know.
0: basically, yeah, this was this was an interesting one. So, 1673, some of the first European travelers, uh, you know, heading up the Mississippi River, they come across, well, along the way, they're hearing legends, obviously. Mm <laughs> hmm. All oral tradition stuff yeah. about monsters of different kinds, but specifically flying creatures. Okay. Then they're at a certain point along the Mississippi River, and they come across pictographs. Is how it's described in most of these uh, documents that we've looked at. But it's at, they're both pictographs and petroglyphs because it was in fact scraped into the rock about a half inch and then painted, hmm. so it's a little bit of both. Okay. So Jesuit French priest Jacques Marquette wrote about these uh, massive monster pictographs in 1673 but they were only partial some of it had fallen off even by this point and mm-hmm. this is quite a long time ago so this is obviously pretty ancient and a part of obviously the local folklore there that was a big deal because this was like these this was massive it was like the, the thing is that there's not a clear description because of how long ago it was the most accurate mm-hmm. description came in 1883 from somebody by the name of sh russell who basically said that it was a massive pictograph uh, that had the face of a the face and head of a bear the
2: mm-hmm. horns
0: of an elk and i've got an interesting point about that
2: mm-hmm.
0: but also wings and sort of a serpent-like body hmm. now could
1: that have been like a shrine if it's that big you i know, know like...
0: right it's like and it was like you know probably three four three stories like at least 30 feet or I, more, yeah at least. 40 to
1: 50 feet yeah mm-hmm. massive
0: it would have been a, quite the undertaking because it was etched into the rock it wasn't just painted on it was like a, a, a half inch into the rock and then painted for effect. <laughs> now the elk horns was cool mm. because like that reminded me of the ogopogo because Ooh, we yes. we looked at some uh paintings from the uh local museum indigenous museum. And it was they hard. had the elk horns on that, the creature. Oh that
1: beautiful painting, the, gorgeous yeah.
0: painting. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that sounds crazy and just, like, mythological and, like, way out there, Mm -hmm. but the people, the Okanagan, local Okanagan peoples, they, they think that the Ogopogo was both a benevolent spirit creature, but also a real manifestation, a real thing. Right. So, that's a cool kind of connection there.
1: You know what that kind of reminds me of, too? Like, the way you're describing all these different animals kind of um, incorporated into it? is it, it seems like just a different version of the totem pole right yeah. where you get yeah. all the different like i don't want to say characters but you get it's the, like a painting
0: of a to- the oh, spiritual yeah, like
1: animals that. all in there together yeah. like that's interesting so right. oh, there is an actual history or interpretation from the indigenous people that may have created that is there it's just kind of a lost history I think and does it still exist to this day? I,
0: I don't. I don't. I don't think there's m- would be much evidence of it left. Dang. I definitely didn't see any uh, pictures that's of what would be left. I mean, yeah. even for there's um, there were some uh, pictographs on the on the uh, on the uh, the cliffs at the lake where we go in the summertime, Christina Lake. And mm. when we were kids, they were super vibrant, and now they're basically gone. And that's only been twenty years.
1: I'm sad. And even Coraline, when we went to the um, the west side indigenous museum and she was telling us that there are um petroglyphs or pictographs pictographs is with like the paint right okay with the ink yeah so there was pictographs of like ogopogo and other sorts of things but it had been subject to like graffiti and other sorts of things so it's really hard to kind of yeah actually appreciate yeah. them for yeah. what they are oh, yeah those people deserve a swift kick in the nuts that's yeah for sure. yeah Anyways. annoying so after <laughs> 1673 it kind of jumps to the 1800s hey eh? yeah i had just a brief uh snippet where it was discussed i guess this lordsburg it was a town in new mexico
0: Lordsburg. lordsburg what a name
1: and it still exists. It is definitely in decline. I was looking. At it. The Lordsburg
0: population is yeah, dropping. It's, it's one not of those, a hot real estate market. It's one of
1: those towns that just kind of is.
0: I got no new condo developments there? Unfortunately not. Okay.
1: But anyways, yeah, so it was just like a, a really brief, vague reference to how the locals, there was basically a lot of talk, constant talk about sightings of um pter- pterosaurs or pet- petrosaurs <laughs> i got petroglyphs it's on like, the brain it's like it's got
0: a p at the beginning but it should be there pterosaurs so
1: pterosaurs so that is a genus or family or something of dinosaurs so that yes. incorporates a lot of things like pterodactyls yeah. um i can't remember the other names I'll basically <laughs> a lot of things that start with reptile taro. family exactly Long gone extinct. Supposedly.
0: Possibly not. Maybe.
1: And then, of course, we also have this incident in the 1890s. And I've heard multiple dates. I've heard 1886. I've heard 1890.
0: Okay, tell me more. I don't have that.
1: Um, Well, you'll know what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Way to tee it up as exciting.
1: (laughs) Well, it's exciting for the listeners.
0: Yeah. Okay? (laughs) Okay,
2: So...
1: In the desert, apparently there was a couple of ranchers. Um, it's debated how many actually were there present. Okay, it, some accounts say two, some accounts say six to eight.
0: That's okay. <laughs> so
1: apparently they came across a giant animal in the desert. Um, reports vary. Some claim the animal was killed and strung up for a photograph, which is kind of misleading. Right. I feel like that was um definitely perpetuated by Jack Pearl's um article in the sixties and nineteen sixties. Yeah. But anyways, the other story is that. this was from someone who apparently knew one of these cowboys or ranchers that was there yeah um supposedly the real story was that the monster they encountered was real they never killed it though they never strung it up on the barn for a photograph and to this day that photograph is missing and no one knows where it is but there are people that will say they saw it
0: which so is bizarre, because there because there's quite a few people that will say they saw it. Yeah. But we, the, s- multiple people have searched for it, including a Canadian that yeah. you mentioned that was going through the records of, what was the publication again? It was like an old, super old publication. It was like epi- epi- epita- oh, it was Epitaph. Oh,
1: it was the Epitaph. Okay. Yeah, the Tombstone Epitaph.
0: Right, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's just bizarre. It reminds me like of... The
1: Tombstone, the county. It was you, like a yes, town. Yeah. It wasn't just like a creepy ass, like, you <laughs> know. Tales like... of the Crypt Keeper. Yeah.
0: yeah no. <laughs> but that reminds me of you know like Kincaid's cave smithsonian supposedly mm-hmm. things sent there where mm-hmm. was were, was were objects sent they disappeared gone gone but there's Why? there's
1: people like um Ivan T Sanderson who says that there was some um some things i read that said that he had come across it or maybe just espoused it because he had um he had documented uh testimony from people who were supposedly reputable who had seen it right and then there's stories where you get, like, people who are like, yeah, I had it in my possession, and then I gave it to some people to borrow, and then I never got it back. And just and... to
0: be clear, again, this was a f- supposed photograph of a 36-foot wingspan. Yeah. So six Huge. six full-grown men standing in front yeah. of it, arms outstretched, touching fingertips, and it, 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 and it took all six of them to barely make up the wingspan,
1: mm-hmm. supposedly. Mm-hmm. So this is massive.
0: It's a massive bird.
1: This would have been the top end of... Let's this would have been we've... bigger
0: than most yeah.
1: yeah the only other reference i had that was bigger than that that was supposedly cited and it was a living bird was from 1969 and and we'll get to that one okay but but after okay so after the 19 sorry 1890s I've got an,
0: well, what do you have there you got something
1: i'm just up to the 1960s after that <laughs> we've got it <a laughs> okay we've got a bulldog in the room and bulldog. she is snoring yeah. She, like uh, a train.
0: Yeah, it's her. It's her birthday today, so she's, she's allowed to be in here. But hey, yeah. stop bean? Stop snoring. <laughs>
1: she's like, what? I
0: was just okay. sleeping here. Come on. Hey, she's good. Yeah, she's good. Okay, where are we at? Sorry, i we, we... you, like,
1: That actually was picked up. <laughs> I, wonder. I wonder. I well, wonder. Anyways, <laughs> back on track.
0: Back on track.
1: So you have something before the 1960s, or?
0: Well, um, as long as we're on sort of the topic of the Jack Pearl and uh, his mm. works although they don't sound exactly uh it was a bit for you know shock he value wrote... or whatever.
1: exactly and i came across some things that he was writing for like men's like pulp magazines from yeah. like the post-war era yeah. Yeah. things that were highly exaggerated a yeah. lot of uh patriarchy and whatever exactly. so, like you so know, that's that the, of... that's the one thing about
0: it but at the same mm-hmm. time there were articles that i looked at that you know that said he yeah, he was definitely that type of writer but he also did like legit interview real people and like mm. talk to people so one of the interesting stories 1944 a stories that were coming out of california from a japanese internment camp Ooh. so basically early on in the inter well not early on in the war at this point but basically early stages of this particular internment camp that he had been referring to
2: <clears throat> there
0: were p- some escapees and mm-hmm. people would escape and they would head to basically like the, the Chinese district, the local Chinese district to try to hide or yeah. blend in or hope hopefully get some, you know, camaraderie from their brother Orientals yeah, or so whatever. Yeah, take them in. Mm-hmm. Didn't really work out because they didn't want to get screwed over themselves, right? Yeah. But the story goes that there were some local indigenous people in the area too. I don't have the name of the exact group,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but he mentioned that basically they reported seeing some of the escapees that were never found being picked up and carried away into the mountains by Thunderbirds. And this was looked into by the officials at the prison internment camp. Yeah. And they couldn't find any trace of the escapees anywhere. And every single other one of them before that had been, like, apprehended, basically.
1: Interesting.
0: So, and the reason it was so profound is because these two, like, younger boys, indigenous boys basically were in a panic and you know they they didn't know what to do they like they they came out and like told everyone what they saw because they were Mm -hmm. legit freaked out about it according to jack pearl and Hmm. he cites rj young a california ornithologist at the time who says he believes that a species with a 25 foot wingspan or more could exist quite possibly does exist or and quite possibly does exist somewhere in the west cool so, yeah that's it's kind of an interesting story
1: that's spooky yeah that reminds me of okay hey, these would have been like adults right full-grown full-grown adults obviously in an internment camp those were terrible conditions very i don't want to equate them to like say like holocaust concentration camps but they were very similar not nice in a lot of that's ways sure. and like all these people were like a lot of them were on the verge of malnutrition things like that so they might have been easier they might have been a little bit more
0: possibly easier than prey. to pick up yeah
1: that reminds me of this um, blog I came across okay. called The Wanderling, and it was very questionable. Okay. Um, but I just, yeah, the idea that these were carried off, like someone could have been carried off into the mountains by a bird. There were, Yeah, he started off his blog account saying that he, as a young boy, he had a memory of basically wandering away from his home at night okay. one time, yeah. and he was... The next morning, he found himself, like, he woke up in the desert, in the mountainous desert, miles away from his home, and he didn't know how he got there. And then he started to go off on, like, he started to talk about Thunderbirds, and then he started to talk about UFOs and all sorts of weird stuff, and I was like, um, this is not. That's
0: a bit of crossover
1: just there. There's no context. It was very vague, and so yes. I was like, you know, what, I'm just going to leave that one alone. Right. Right. But it did remind, that reminds me of that because it's just like a small child being carried large distances yeah, yeah. into a mountainous, and I think it was in California or New Mexico or somewhere in that neck of the woods, like, you know, a more arid region. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. But, yeah. well, I mean, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know how, it, uh, yeah, like, I, I think you definitely got to take that guy's work with a grain of salt. But this next one, I think more we're...
1: than a couple grains. Yeah, a couple yeah.
0: bags. A couple heaps. A couple kilos. Ooh. We a couple of
2: kilos. <laughs> hey? cracking
0: more cider there. Maybe. All right. Why not? Why not? <laughs> we're moving into the 1970s, are we? Is that correct?
1: Pretty much. I, I this... have I have a cool quote.
0: Okay, go for Kay. it. <clears> okay.
1: <throat> Time for a dramatic read. Quote, the forested region along the Allegheny Plateau of Pennsylvania seems to get more than its share of Thunderbird reports. In 1969, the wife of a local sheriff spotted a huge bird sitting in the middle of a creek near their cabin. When it took off and unfurled its wings, she estimated it was about 75 feet across. End quote.
0: That's a bit larger than some of these other ones we've been that's uh, reading about.
1: big. That's yeah. more than big. That's, that's massive. That's... That's the size of a medium-sized plane. That's too big. And even if you cut that in half, 30 feet, 32 feet, you know, from 75.
0: That's still bigger than...
1: That's massive.
0: That's huge. So Think about that.
1: We're going to get into the theories, but yeah, like I, I have... I kind of equate that one with... Uh, a very foreign, foreign, uh, <laughs> 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 uh I'm not going to try right now. <laughs> Let's I'm gonna... save that one for later. <laughs> okay,
2: okay. <laughs>
1: Listeners, you can guess uh, which which uh, bird I was alluding to in our theory section right, later on. Right, uh, But yeah, after the 1969 sighting by that woman, the wife of a local sheriff, hey, like that's...
0: You gotta think, like, that's <sighs> got some credence to it. I don't know. You you I mean, wow. Well, it
1: is 1969. Yeah, I don't know. there's some crazy
0: stuff going on. That's down. very true. Very true. I think I want to talk about the Marlon Lowe case. Sure.
1: Let's do it.
0: Because that was pretty much Well, big. that was
1: 77, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, are we not quite up to that? Did was there one before? Ooh, I've
1: got I've got a couple different Yeah, like cuz in there's Texas more? There's more. Texas. Get yeah, what tack in Texas. Everything's okay. bigger in Texas. So. Yeah.
0: Including the birds.
1: Including the birds. Uh, in 76, there was actually a spree of sightings within a three-week period. Right. So this is cool. Like, there, uh, many people claim to have seen a pair of giant birds. Okay. Some only spotted one, though. Right. We kind of went back and forth. The first sighting was from a police officer named Arturo Padilla.
0: Right. That's right. I remember that one. Okay.
1: So he spotted this giant bird from his cruiser. Uh, so it was in the early hours of the morning. But... He was supported by his uh, partner, Homer Galvin, who spotted the creature again only a few minutes later. And apparently this was a huge dark object that was gliding through the air. There wasn't any uh, description as to whether or not it had feathers, but it never flapped its wings.
0: It was just cruising.
1: It was cruising. Yeah. Was there
0: indication of how high off the ground it was?
1: Good question. Because, they, no, they didn't really go into Because that.
0: obviously, if you're lower down, you'd think, okay, hey, well, you can't be cruising for that long. You're going to have to flap your wings. Mm-hmm. But uh, interesting, very yeah. interesting. And so
1: it just kind of continued on from there. There was another guy named Alverco Gu- Guajardo. Okay. And he, <laughs> this was at 9 30 at night in Brownsville, Texas. And uh, like, I think this was the same week. He heard a huge thump on the roof of his mobile home. Okay. He went out to investigate and he saw a massive bird in his yard, like a massive bird, like something like, like that he had never seen before. Yeah. Freaked him out. Yes. This is, yeah. And then from there again, you get a couple of sisters. They spotted this thing down by Brownsville Pond. And again, they, they were the ones that described it specifically as having the face of a bat. So that's freaking weird, man. That's a bit different that is really different that's
0: a bit different that's more of where you mentioned earlier on where it's like okay that sort of reminds it's me like of mothman. almost mothman
2: yeah and
0: if you're not familiar with mothman go listen to astonishing legends three i think it's a three or four parter on mothman and Four it's parts. Awesome. yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> it's good super detailed
1: yeah so you went into it <laughs> so check
0: check check that out or but even um, just
1: get john keel's book
0: yeah you mothman can do that too. prophecies absolutely it's, it's
1: an awesome book that was one of the original do we have that on our
0: bookstore I, think I we hope d- so. I think we do. We
1: did. I don't know. We might've taken it down, but anyways. we should put it back up.
0: But but that anyways, sort of reminds yeah. me of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically after that, there was another highly, uh, I would say like reputable sighting. Cause this was in the morning. It was clear day. It was three school teachers driving on their way to work, to school. They saw a creature that they described having about a 12 foot wingspan. That flew over the car while they were driving.
0: Crazy. And
1: upon arrival at the library, one of the teachers went to the... Or sorry, at the school. They went to the library in the school and they found the closest thing would be a pterosaur. So like the pterodactyl, that type of thing. So that's kind of interesting. Huh. So.
0: Yeah. Well, that's... uh, I think... That's where the... That's the main point I guess where things differ it's yeah. the difference between the vast majority where it's a jet black or near jet black creature <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. and
0: that even goes back into the ancient birds of antiquity where it's like the iraq was different colors usually dark and then the the pookie was mm-hmm. dark was darker but with some other random colors and things
2: mm-hmm.
0: but yeah jet black for the jet most black. part and then in these other ones where it's like more of a, a reptile almost exactly or bat like seeming that goes
1: that kind of correlates to the john huffett that guy that was like half cherokee who filmed that controversial footage
0: right that's okay okay you
1: want to jump into marlon lowe first
0: well no that's we we can do uh yeah yeah
1: well the only thing i was gonna add is just the idea that he described these birds as having necks of cracked leather so that yeah from
0: what was that guy's name again
1: uh john huffett okay or hoffer i i I saw something like that i mean
0: the article that i had on him it was just referred to as texas john so right (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, but that was
0: 1977
1: yeah so same year as marlon lowe
0: i mean it's in the same it's in the same range Mm -hmm. and that would make sense wouldn't it i Mm -hmm. mean he's over in illinois but Mm -hmm. i mean it's same same year texas
1: illinois yeah
0: but yeah no let's let's talk about texas john then because that was a really cool thing basically he was fishing with his son Mm -hmm. okay uh they're on the on lake shelbyville according to the one i got here
1: actually yeah Um, i I heard that reference yeah
0: so he's fishing they're on the boat and they see two massive birds roosting really high up in a tree Mm -hmm. they didn't say what kind of tree but it was like a massive tree super super high up but even at the height they were, they looked enormous. So they honk the horn on the boat to kind of spook them to get them to move. Mm. And when they do, I think just one takes off at first, and then and then the second one did after. But he starts to film. They had like a video camera. Yeah. Starts to film the first one, and at first there's a t- there's definitely a frame of reference at least from because it's launching out line. of the tree.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now we don't. But know, how
2: far away? That's yes, exactly. We don't yeah. know
0: exactly how far away. Yeah. I feel like. The documentary we watched where they're kind of critiquing it on that basis being like we don't know how far away the video was it's like okay but there has to be ways of looking at the video itself and There's being able to gauge it like how much zoom was being used based on the pixels or something oh, like that like yeah. you know you'd be able to roughly guess how how zoomed huh. in it was you'd think i don't know I, i'm not an expert on but this then stuff the but
1: zoom equating that to like meters or something because even
0: it, like here's my point like even if it was maxed out zoom like it wouldn't have been very clear and how far can the zoom on a camera in 1977 go from a boat not super far away you're not gonna be a kilometer away
1: i question the idea that like why wasn't this verified closer to the date that it was filmed because if it like he had an exact location right yeah so people could have like like hypothetically yeah, gone think... back looked at like say the point like they yeah. could have mapped out like where yeah. exactly his boat was and then done like the surveyors you know like get those those angles and everything and do the math. And... Here's the
0: thing, if they noticed the birds, they were they were within a reasonable range. You're not going to see birds whether they're massive, even if even if even if it's a bird with a 20 foot wingspan. Yeah. You're still going to have to be somewhat close to actually notice it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? If you're freaking 800 meters away, you know, you're not, you might, you're probably not going to notice it, right? Exactly. So I'm thinking he was pretty close, but basically they see these things, he busts out the thing, he's filming it, Mm -hmm. and they, people have been looking at this footage for years. Yeah. So we watched Monster Quest. Yeah. We like that one, but they had, they, they, they had five different ornithologists on there looking at that footage.
2: Five? I I think it was three.
0: was, Was it only three?
1: I had three. But. Maybe
0: it was five when I was looking at an article. Anyway, yeah. I mean, many, many, many ornithologists have looked yeah. at this bait, right? Yeah. Okay. Basically, the the consensus was a few said that it was definitively a turkey vulture. Mm-hmm. It's black. It looks like a turkey vulture. It's definitely yeah. a turkey vulture, but it's a big turkey vulture. Some said, okay, it's most likely a turkey vulture. I can't say 100%, but if it is a turkey vulture, it's the biggest I've ever seen. Yeah. And then there was one ornithologist who looked at that tape and said, looking at this tape, it's bigger than a turkey vulture, and I can't identify what this bird is based on this video. It's an unidentified giant bird.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, another point to make, too, is that the second ornithologist I had uh, reviewing the footage, he made the comment that... Because we did, did obviously, like... um, like John he he said that he was filming two birds. Yes. And the guy makes the comment he was like I can see right away from judging from the molting of this bird it you know like it's kind of questionable but then he there was footage of both of the birds. And
0: molting is the development of the feathers, right? right. So you can see how old it is.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Mol- yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Need to clarify that one. Yeah. But uh Yeah, so he distinctly identified two birds that had been filmed. So both of them were filmed. The story I heard was that John initially filmed one and it basically took off right away, and the second one kind of hovered, circled over them for a few minutes. And that was most of the footage. So it can be confusing for people that think that perhaps it's just one bird. But yeah, yeah, no, so there was that distinction to be made. But other than that, yeah, it was very inconclusive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, just like just like
1: all academic opinions, really. Like,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, and the other part about it too is like, consensus. like we said, there's there's a frame of reference at the beginning in the tr- with the tree line,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: once it's in the air, this is what what becomes the biggest issue for all, all, almost all of these bird sightings, these yeah. giant bird sightings, is the fact that there's
1: no point of reference. There's no
0: point of reference. Yeah, and they did an experiment in the in yeah, the monster, monster Quest, Quest documentary with a kite. Yeah. Now they're talking to you know Joe Blow. Running by jogging, what they think this, uh, you know, the height of the, the the size of the bird is this kite, and they're making yeah. crazy guesses, but they're not asking people who would have an actual. But that's just opinion, that though, a lot of the, or like a frame of reference as an expert.
1: Yeah, a lot of the sightings though were from non-experts.
0: Very true. So very true. Layman. Yes, indeed.
1: So you can't be either way. I,
0: I still think that that's really good evidence, though. Just even just on the basis that one of those ornithologists, and possibly others that we hadn't come across you know Mm -hmm. said it was unidentified so anyway i think texas john that it's it's, yeah super strong evidence i think for at least something that's unidentified yeah Yeah, and then again like
1: like mark hall like he made the comment too it's so easy to discredit him despite this is this is physical evidence like you know this is objective like it's filmed like it's not like he would have like tampered with the footage. Like Yeah.
0: Well no and that was defi- yeah. yeah. That was definitely not a thing. No. Yeah. Nothing was nothing was tampered with at all. No. It kinda reminded me a little bit of like the Fold I've referenced Ogopogo twice now, but a bit of like the Fold in film. Right. Because no. the frame of reference, you know, how far away were they? Mm-hmm. You know, you because know, that is estimated sixty feet, but it's like you know, a little bit obscure, depending on a, depending on a bunch of circumstances. So it's just it's kind yeah. of you know, it's, well, it's inter- higher
1: quality footage though.
0: It's well, definitely yeah. much higher quality. Yeah. But you, it wasn't even that much earlier. I mean, and that was like sixty eight or something. I guess yeah, it's ten years yeah. or nine years, but,
1: but still, yeah, I guess that does a
0: mean. lot that can happen in nine years. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay, All but right. I think we're moving on to my the the most interesting one. This the most is definitely the most case. Uh,
1: the most cited
0: the most the case of yeah. Marlon lowe
1: mm-hmm.
0: now he is an interesting lowe. character this guy
1: really is
0: and i don't mean that in terms of like he's i mean this happened when he was a kid mm-hmm. but he's been interviewed about it throughout his whole life
1: mm-hmm. never wavered like, no it's never really no. changed the story
0: stayed the same mm-hmm. the whole time do you want to do you want to tell it
1: you go ahead you Kay. got you got all the info
0: I mean, I have it in bullet points, but I'll try to do my best to <laughs> I'm not doing a dramatic reading. <laughs> but basically, Marlon Lowe, 10 years old. He's in the backyard with his friends. This is in Illinois.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was in the afternoon, daylight. So he's playing with his friends, two other friends from the reports that I had read. No. He... They're basically... All of a sudden, they're, they noticed... in Some reports say there was two birds others yes. say just one
2: yeah
0: Kay. i've seen
1: that too mm-hmm. but
0: i think according to him it, it yeah. was just the one i think i mean he focused on just the one in the story anyway that Even in they mark didn't mention hall's that in book. the documentary though, in right? mark
1: hall's book that i read just like a couple hours ago that... isn't that
0: an interesting discrepancy though between the monster quest documentary and yeah the mark a hall book
1: yeah that is funny
0: right i think the monster quest missed something there perhaps Maybe. Anyway, not to be. Because de- there are so many sightings where it hairs. I don't want hairs. I don't want listeners out there to think that we're leaning that heavily on Monster Quest documentaries because we uh, we we definitely do a lot of research, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but they are really fun. They but are. Anyway, I, lo-
1: <clears throat> yeah, I love the visual. I'm a visual yeah, learner. Yeah, so.
0: definitely. It helps. But anyway, basically, they noticed these birds and or bird and mm-hmm. it swooped down, started to kind of come after them, and the the friends jumped and hid in an empty pool. Mm -hmm. Marlon Lowe was lagging behind and one of these birds which clearly was a raptor of some kind because it had claws that were designed for picking stuff up Mm -hmm. right grabs onto his shirt picks him up off the ground he's kicking and screaming he's screaming for his mom Mm -hmm. and he's punching this bird according to his story his mom he's lifted two feet he's lifted two feet off the ground yeah according to his story yeah his mom I believe sees this through the kitchen window and runs outside through the side door yeah and Wit sees this bird and it drops him just as she's coming out, like she sees it holding onto him, drops him as she starts booking it.
1: it towards him, eh? Yep, mm-hmm.
0: running towards it, drops him on the ground, he bails out on the ground, and the bird goes and lands up in a tree, mm-hmm. either in their yard or in a neighboring yard, right close by, and no, tried it didn't to land. It
1: try- yeah, right. It tries to it. kind of
0: settle in a tree, but it was like too heavy, too, too big, big. <laughs> and then it takes off.
1: Crazy. Yeah, that's, I definitely. Hey, the one variation I've heard is two birds, like we said. Yeah. And so yeah, again, Marlon Low, poor little Marlon's lagging behind, and the birds just start going at him essentially, and then the one ends up hooking onto his his like little uh, t well, on a t shirt. It was a little tank top yeah, he was wearing. Yeah. Tank top. And lifted. Apparently, the tank top didn't actually suffer much damage. No, it was, it was slightly frayed, and frayed. But it, yeah, it was actually. That is a durable
0: ripped. tank top. She's shopping in the right spots. Yeah, TJ Maxx.
1: <laughs> Go, Mrs. Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that is a that is definitely the sort of hallmark case, hey, that most people would hear of when they start to look into Thunderbirds. And pff, yeah, really, I've, like I, well, here's he, what, he, yeah, like the well, effect it had on this guy, like is here's real. here's what
0: happened after that. They obviously reported it right away yeah. out of concern for others' safety. Yeah. Right? They were like, that's insane. We have to let people know. Yeah. They were ridiculed, obviously. People investigated it, but they were ridiculed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is one of my favorite lines. One of the first people to make a comment <clears throat> about it Where do I have the actual name so I can slander this fellow? <clears throat> No, I don't have it. It's oh, somewhere. But he was I an ornithologist. Yeah. Oh yeah, an ornithologist named William Beecher. Ugh. He said, "quote, There has never been a bird large enough in the history of the world that could carry a sixty-five pound load." End quote. Um, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life.
2: Yeah,
0: there were birds. There were flightless birds that stood nine feet tall. There were birds that flew that had wingspans over 26 feet, possibly more.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You're telling me they couldn't carry something the size of a medium to large dog? Yeah, no, that's dumb. That's a dumb, dumb thing to say.
1: I actually wonder now, it's just dawning on me, what would be, what is the ratio of weight... Of the bird to the well, here's weight the, load capacity. Okay,
0: like. well, here's here's an easy way to think about it, because we, that was talked about in the, a couple of the different kind of docs we watched. Mm-hmm. So when even they were talking about like an eagle.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. And then in reference to Marlon Lowe, like for an eagle to pick up even a rabbit that weighs like, you know, eight pounds. Yeah. That's a big, re- you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to carry that for a super, super long time. It's going to get tired. That's like me carrying two big old bags yeah. of groceries and running down the road for however many kilometers. I'm going to get tired, right? Yeah. So for well, Marlon Lowe, they said 65 pounds, the bird would have had to have weighed like a minimum of 150 pounds, minimum, yeah. to actually pick him up and carry him off.
1: That's pretty confident. And But the thing is, to his credit, to Marlon's credit, you have to wonder too, because like he he could have exaggerated the di- like the height that he was picked up, yep. he yeah. He could have, yeah. He could have done that, but he. I think he could. To his credit,
0: yeah. Okay.
1: A bird that big traveling, say, say it's swooping down, so it it's in an attack swoop. These birds, like falcon-like birds, they attack very swiftly. Yeah. And we saw that with the case of those monkeys, right? Which we should, we'll definitely get into. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So they'll they'll swoop down at high speeds. And even if they can't say pick up a sixty five pound object, they can definitely affect it. They can move it, they can tangle with it yeah. and if if there's like some sort of you know like he's dragging Marlin along the ground there is there is uplift right he's got a wing spread, obviously, so he could potentially be lifting him and like they're moving and struggling and that and then he gets let go. but Absolutely. the thing is too, like maybe that bird wasn't expecting to carry him a far distance, maybe. It was like those. What were those eagles that we came across? Those African eagles, the crown eagles,
0: right? And, which is another theory for just thunderbirds in general. These yeah. are just eagles in general. Yeah. the progression But the of African eagles crown and eagle and everything. was the definitive proof that eagles do eat, hum- attack humans. Primates. Primates. Yeah. Because well, they're they're killing sure.
1: monkeys. They're killing yeah. monkeys up to forty five pounds, right?
0: Yeah. Like, uh, mostly
1: no. twenty pounds. Though. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is with those, they they've offered an explanation as to why a large bird that maybe couldn't carry something for large distances but would still attack something, they pick it up and they just, they swoop it into a tree and start to dismantle it. They don't carry the whole thing. No. It's not like, it's not like how we see, you know, um, like ospreys carrying a fish. Yeah. (laughs) They do it.
0: They do it just like a, like a hunter would, right? Yeah. You you don't, you don't shoot a buck and then just do, or what, I mean, I'm not a hunter, but I mean like you're not going to necessarily just take the whole thing. You're going to take maybe... You're well, going you, to yeah, take it in pieces, piece it. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what these birds do. And there was evidence that yeah. there was actually... Wasn't there evidence in the doc that we watched where it was, like, a child skull? There definitely hey. stories about that in Africa.
1: It was the Tong child. The
0: Tong child. Yeah,
1: I have a note right here. Somewhere. But anyways, yeah, that was uh, an ancient skull that they kind of unearthed in... Under the nest of a crown eagle. Yes. So it was, like, ancient remains. Yeah. And... Yeah.
0: And it had been, its eyes and brain had been eaten out. Yes. And it was it, was it had distinct.
1: Whole, it had the peck marks in the eye sockets. Right. That showed. Right. And it was actually determined that the cause of death was a single blow to the brain through yes. the skull by uh, by the, the beak.
0: Damn. That's badass.
1: Or, yeah, something. But anyways, yeah, so here, just, so, to, just to reference that guy, that Scott McGraw. Right. Just to give him some credit, because yeah, he yeah. was the one that was doing the African crown eagle research. Yeah. Uh, he's a primatologist and anthropologist at, uh, Ohio state, but yeah. So he was the one that he gave insight into how these birds attack through the, the quick strike. And yeah. he was studying these birds on the Ivory coast. Well, he was studying the primates and then he was finding these, like he was studying the skulls of the primates underneath yeah. the nest. And he
0: found these strange.
1: And so presumably the ancestors of these, he reasoned would have been hunting people. Right. Mm-hmm. During, so that's the, just during a... the age of the megafauna. So this is like so Pleistocene this, so this, and beyond. So this is where
0: the cryptozoology comes in. Yeah. Thunderbirds of the the legends of Thunderbirds have been like solid, like sol- solidified in folklore for a minimum of two hundred years. For like North North American people, most likely much much longer. Mm-hmm. It's an ancient myth and legends all over the world. Mm-hmm. Could these be Thunderbirds in some of these circumstances? Is that is that what it could be? I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs>
1: So, okay, anyways, getting back on. So we we're talking about Marlon Lowe. Uh, from there,
0: I mean, they were ridiculed. They were they they like... they didn't do His mom said that if she could do it differently, she wouldn't say anything.
2: Yeah. They had that's dead sad.
0: birds left on their porch. Really? And um, their son Marlon basically went gray in his early teens. What? His hair? god he couldn't he had nightmares and couldn't sleep really affected him yeah i still think so i didn't mention there before i think the whole two feet off the ground if something's flying down to jump to attack you like if i'm think like Mm -hmm. just instinctually you might even like if you're running you might try to like jump to wriggle loose yeah so if you jump and and you and you're getting tugged on it might feel like you're being lifted yeah. But you really have just you would jumped. You have
1: no way of telling exactly how far off the ground you are.
0: But this is just it. And <sighs> some people have had that. So that's why we mentioned the African yeah. crown eagle. Because people are like, hmm, that makes, maybe, could it have been an African crown eagle that rode over uh, from, you know, a- across the Atlantic on the updrafts of a storm, yeah. made its way to Illinois, <laughs> perched itself in a tree, and then decided to attack Marlon Lowe.
1: Nah. No. Well, it was dark, though. It wasn't. African crown no, eagles are like They're brown. They're, yeah, they're they're light. Yeah, no, and... he
0: described it again, once again.
1: Mhm. That's the black, black, yeah. Jet black. Yeah. So, it's just Oh, wait, wait,
0: wait. Actually, sorry, not completely jet black with What's a it... bit of the white. The bit of the white <gasps> yeah, ring. The... So, when they showed Telltale. him pictures, when they showed this when they showed Marlon pictures of what he thought it was, he picked out the condor, the Andean mm-hmm. condor. Okay. Yeah. So, the Andean condor, it can have a wingspan <clears throat> of up to 10 10 feet feet,
1: yeah
0: and they're massive massive birds yeah but they're in like peru and like they're in this they're in south america Yeah,
1: they're south american
0: they're not going to venture very far they're already super rare it's (laughs) apparently it's even hard to even find them if you go into the cliffs of like you you can't even find them in their natural habitat let alone in illinois
1: because they require special circumstances like these updrafts like the special air exactly that can yeah kind of like they're often found in volcanoes like in the middle of volcanoes. Yeah, because they Sometimes. need that they're freaking heavy like, like all like just think about that like obviously it's a thermal conductive exactly zone or whatever
0: well they're, and... they're, they're they weigh like i mean i i, I don't I, I feel like i've lost my notes here i can't find them it sucks but they're i mean they wait they're super super heavy i mean they stand four and a half feet tall some of these things yeah it's a big bird
1: it's a big bird
0: that's a big bird so if you're flying around i mean that's gonna take a lot of energy <laughs>
1: Uh, so, I have another sighting from the San Antonio slash Las Cruces, New Mexico sort of region. Okay. This is kind of, like, jumping ahead, because we still have some other sightings, right? Like, it, this is from 1998, and then there's, there was a spree in the early two thousand or mid-2000s, I guess I would say.
0: I feel like the more of the Alaskan sightings were in the 2000s, the profound ones. So we'll... Oh,
1: okay. So, before that, down in New Mexico uh there was a dave zander who had lived in the area for about 30 years and he reported seeing a pair of giant birds near his home and this was in the Donya and the mountains okay uh so anyways he compared them to the size of small planes. um this is a quote here he says all of a sudden one of them jumped off and dropped off the mountain the top of the mountain sorry came down the front And all of a sudden, these huge wings spread out. I would say the wings were at least a 20-foot wingspan. Uh, Definitely something out of the ordinary. That's pretty massive. Mm -hmm. Um, He says here, he continued, it makes you feel like it could come over and carry you off if it wanted to. So, that's, yeah, that's the (laughs) vibe you're getting.
0: Definitely.
1: Anyways, yes, yeah, so that's the early 2000s. Um, there's been so many random ones. Like, I have a lot of little just random blips. Like, say, in Los Fresnos, this was before. This was in the 1980s. Texas, there was a featherless, gray-skinned leather thing flying through the air that glided. Um skinned leather? This was spotted leather. from a car okay. by James Thompson driving in Los Fresnos. But, yeah. So, anyways, just totally, like, it's almost like two different things.
0: I, I know, right? Okay, okay, well, but, yeah. It does. Nice, it yeah. seems like two different things. I mean, the leather <laughs> skin, it makes me like... Okay, there's also the pen So that's been spotted in Papua New Guinea. That's this ancient creature in Papua New Guinea that is like what? leathery skin.
2: Interesting. So
0: that's another one. And this one.
2: is
1: recent?
0: It's been all throughout history, but re- as recent as 2004 and 2006. And then apparently as well, I have an article here from 2015 mm-hmm. with two Americans from Portland who claimed they saw exactly a pterosaur in Papua New Guinea. Hmm. They couldn't actually get a, a good photograph of it. <laughs> of course. <clears throat> of course. No. But there were also sightings early in the 40s, too. So shortly after World War II, there were sort of, yeah, there were still military people in the area and also Western missionaries that hmm. began to work deep in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. I just have a few notes on that here. It was sort of just a side note because we were focusing more on North America, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, and there's all kinds of different well, stuff, just, I mean, all over the world that are all referencing over. these things. 1595, there's these cool, um, like sea maps of Papua New Guinea in the area, mm-hmm. w- which depict flying monsters. Hmm. Um, and presumably that led into this myth and this, this thing, there's supposedly still dinosaur creatures in the jungles of New Guinea. But I also have an article from uh, the Smithsonian Magazine basically saying that, uh, yeah, don't buy into that too much um a lot of the people that are doing research for trying to find specifically prehistoric creatures are um just trying to push the creationist theory and and prove that dinosaurs have been around this whole time just like people have and the earth is only six thousand years old and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and if if that's true that would really suck for a lot of ancient people that were around before that
2: that would really suck
1: (laughs) they might
0: might be a bit ticked off
1: got so many animals around here
0: yeah i know we got it's like
1: it's like Noah's We're Ark. We're sitting here
0: in our studio, as we like to call our it. Is, it's like, and yeah. then you make a biblical reference. It's like Noah's Ark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on point. <laughs> it's more like Dr. Doolittle's House of Madness.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Love these guys.
0: Hey, yeah, cats when, and bulldogs even
1: and... Even when Minnie shih tzus, bites me. Shih
0: Tzu poodles. <laughs> oh, Can we man. say that?
1: He's a shit poo? He's a shit poo? Because he is. He is, that's a perfect... A shish poo. That's what it is. Anyways. Yeah, so... Anyway, do you have that... any more? Like, you were talking about these sightings in Alaska. Let's get into that.
0: I feel like, I mean, there's been a bunch of recent ones. But... I'm curious
1: about that because I actually didn't do any research into that area. Okay. So this is new. This so is new. there
0: was a lady driving home from work just recently and she... How recently? 2000... 2018, <laughs> February. What? And okay. claims to have seen a bird that's wingspan stretch the entire width of the road and swooped over her car and she called hmm. police to report it yeah um there's reports of pilots seeing all kinds of giant birds and we came across the one multiple times that was referenced in the documentary and then i've seen in articles too and it's so silly because i can't find his name
2: mm-hmm.
0: we can pull it up and we'll have that referenced on the website but all kinds of bush pilots see giant birds in alaska most people think that this is the stellar sea eagle
2: mm-hmm
0: Uh, but stellar sea eagles are mostly in asia but they do venture over into alaska apparently and they're Mm -hmm. massive birds they can have like eight foot to eight and a half foot wingspans but this one pilot he claimed to have seen a bird that was roughly 500 feet away from him that had a wingspan at least the same width as his plane which was just a small cessna basically so it was like about 15 feet i think
1: i'm remembering this now yeah and mm-hmm. he estimated yeah. that
0: is the minimum wingspan mm-hmm. so this is an example like i made a comment on a on a board and on a on facebook the other day for like eyewitness like people's yeah. opinion on eyewitness accounts yeah i feel like this people's accounts for like pilots or hunters and things like that it definitely has to carry more weight it carries more weight for me yeah. because in the document in the monster quest Um, And the and a few of the other short docs we've seen, Mm
2: -hmm. they
0: reference this guy and other pilots and basically say like, yeah, no frame of reference. Like, oh, he says he thinks it was 500 feet away, but if if he thinks it's 500 feet and it's only 100 feet, it's actually a much smaller bird, right? Mm -hmm. And Yeah. yeah, that's definitely true to most people, but if you're flying bush planes every day of your life for a living. And you see eagles and birds and stuff all the time yeah. at different distances. Yeah. And you're not freaked out ever by no. these birds. Yeah. And then all of a, a sudden day. you're like, holy moly, that bird is the same size Huge. as my plane. Yeah. That just seems bizarre that it would just be all of a sudden you have this issue with your frame of reference in your plane. That's it's, too it's, easy it's, of an it's, explanation. It's
1: easy to discount.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't buy it. No. Uh, most of these most 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 of these pilots like seem pretty steadfast i didn't really have it like the accounts aren't too profound they're basically like we're we're flying we see giant birds they're however many they're however many feet away and they're Mm -hmm. super big we try to get closer and and they're just they fly away you know no proof no photos or anything just
1: that's weird why someone's gotta have a freaking phone on them come on
0: I don't That's know.
1: annoying. <laughs> I don't
0: like that. We kind of just we, <clears throat> we went super broad on this one, so it's like I could have we could have picked one account and like gone down, down yeah. that hole with it. Our like, next
1: sort of cryptid creature, I think, is gonna be more
0: like that. we want to be more specific with our next cryptid creature. I'm just gonna shout just out fun. right now.
1: Like I am a huge fan of how Cryptonaut Pod is doing their
0: yeah shows. Awesome.
1: Their episodes are amazing. I'm I'm starting at the beginning because it's yeah it's, it's, it reminds me of like kind of like watching an episode of scooby-doo except you're like watching it with all your friends and they're all making commentary <laughs> on it at the same time or something
0: <laughs> like scooby-doo
1: it, yeah because it's like these hilarious like the mill race monster like come on and, like frog people or a uh, frog I it's can't remember super what super fun actually. it's hilarious super and they're fun. all really obscure and they're from like the 70s so anyway, that's like yeah just a little I little shout it. out there because that, that's how i wanted to, yeah our next little our next little cryptic creature case is gonna be definitely along those lines i yeah. want to play velma for, more for specific. a day right definitely. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> definitely. but okay so i from there like because that's the most recent hey we're up to basically present day
0: yeah so i mean people people see giant birds everywhere and yeah we've, that's what we've been going over is that is yeah. that the basis of the thunderbird of thunderbirds Is it's it? been happening for centuries some of these things don't necessarily line up like the case of marlon lowe and we've got some yeah. explanations for some of them. So here we go, jumping in, jumping into explanations <clears throat> and then theories, basically.
1: A lot of this is, yeah, like I have a lot of data as far as like physical evidence from like fossils and bones that have been found of yeah. various species that were previously unknown, basically up until the 20th century, and are becoming known now. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, <Damn>. um, <laughs> so the first sort of. Archaeological evidence of these giant birds I found at least was from 1952. Did you have any other earlier references?
0: Um, no, not in terms of dates found. Yeah. No. I've got some stuff in the 80s. I and love like can't. Can
1: I just say its name? Do I love it. it so
0: much. Do All it. Alright,
1: <laughs> uh, the Teratornus Incredibilis <laughs> is discovered in Nevada. Nice. Yeah, isn't that cool, Teratornus Incredibilis? <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a lot of really interesting like the magnificentness or something. I can't remember. I don't remember <laughs> yeah, the, have any the names to know. are sweet. It's funny, but this was bones, not a fossil, discovered in a cave. It was a Smith Creek Cave, Nevada. Okay. At first, this is funny because they were it was like a cache of bones, so they had like a whole assortment of things going on. And at first, um they were taking away the smaller bones that they had identified as bird bones right. and then they started to go through the larger ones, thinking they were mammals, and they were like, "What the heck is this?" And they couldn't identify it. And then they realized it was a giant bird bone, and this was from yeah, this Incredibilis, which is basically it had an approximate wingspan of about 17 feet. It's so not the biggest that we're gonna get into, but like you know, 5.2 meters, people like that. That's massive. That Still, is that's big. huge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's huge. And yeah, so that was like the first sort of cool, like, yeah, fossil or bone remains that I came across. Okay.
0: I got another one here. It's a little yeah. bit later on. I mean, I'm sure you're <coughs> in between, but this one isn't the knock, this, this is huge. So mm-hmm. we got Pelagornus sandurici. So one of the largest flying birds and basically the ancestor of modern pelicans, like the, the, oh. the, the King Pelican, I think it's, or the, yeah. sorry, the, uh, or Pelican the, sorry, or? uh, Pelicans and what are they called? Albatross.
2: It's oh, like the King Albatross. Yeah. So
0: they're seafaring birds, 1983, uh, near Charleston, South Carolina. And mm-hmm. it was called, yeah, Pelagorna sandersi. And this thing had a average wingspan of 24 to 26 feet. Dang. And it was a predator, apex predator hunted mostly fish and giant well, squid. And a, presumably these fish and squid are giant fish and giant squid. Hmm. Because this was like a bird that survived into the Cretaceous period. And it was gigantic. Uh, yeah, tooth-like spikes.
1: Sorry, you said 26-footer?
0: Yeah, 24 to 26 feet.
1: And you know what? I can one-up that one. One that one. Can you one-up that one? Yeah, yeah. And this was... Peshash. In... <laughs> peshash, <Peshire, peshire. laughs> So this was 72. And uh, basically, it was a type of pterosaur. 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 Peshash, peshash. uh <laughs> It was the Quetzal cocles and it had a wingspan of over 40 feet crazy weighed approximately 190 pounds and this thing was probably because it was found in texas so obviously it's inland uh and it mostly most likely fed on uh, things from the ground much like a crane so it would have hunted things like fish or other small vertebrate or invertebrate or whatever newts whatever yeah get it's hands on like frogs probably anything anything um, but yeah, that was cool. Texas, Big Bend National Park.
0: So yet another prehistoric bird that existed in North America. Mm-hmm. Could some sort of a relative have carried over? That that's the cryptozoology dream. And that's what cryptozoologists yeah. think. Yeah. There, there were definitely, I mean, all birds are dinosaurs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they're pretty hardy. And we see so many different species of them. They live in all kinds of different crazy circumstances and conditions. And that's what cryptos we all just are hoping for and think. Well, that there's are expanding a the horizons
1: beyond. That there's
0: definitely a possibility that there could be. Mm-hmm. And, there's, and there's been people that have said they definitively think that there's larger. We find new species all the time. The fact mm-hmm. that it's big. We have this thing with humans. We have this thing with like big and small. Just because we think it's big, we think we should have seen it it doesn't necessarily make sense if these things big are big often small numbers fewer and, yeah small and, numbers, and, and, small numbers mm-hmm. and, and the jet black aspect plays into the theories mm,
1: section yeah
0: so another one Stealth is ter- another one nope. is terra yeah that's another north american bird that's been found and we've got a picture of one that uh is super super famous i don't know exactly when it dates but it's a black and white photo it's old it's got to be in the 40s or early 50s something like that i don't even know um was They're massive the, birds. Was that the one
1: where it's like this huge, like, it looks like a massive crow, and then there's like a yeah. doctor looking yeah, guy in exactly. the suit? Yeah, and...
0: exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's what people think some of these birds in Texas, these sightings, mm-hmm. could be a, a version of a Teratorn, a yeah. descendant. Some sort of hybrid, perhaps, between a condor and an ter- ancient pteratorn, or something like that. So pteratorn,
1: right? yeah. like So those would have been approximately, like what, like 15 to 25 feet? Yeah, yeah. That, or wingspan? Yeah, yeah, been.
0: wingspan. And standing quite tall, about, you know, five and a half feet.
1: I had sources saying that they could swallow a small rabbit hole. Yeah. So it's That's... Like a big old gullet. They could just hawk back.
0: That's pretty like, huge. That is pretty big. Because it's not like a snake where it's like stretches out. It's just a straight gullet. So you're just swallowing a bird. And it would have uh, been. Sorry, swal- swallowing it a stood rabbit.
1: like approximately <laughs> like the size of a man, right? Like five to six right. feet tall, 165 pounds.
0: Well, and and when we're talking standing tall, I mean, there was lots of birds of prey that were not flyers that, mm-hmm. you know, date back, you know, 1.8 million years. And there's, I can't pronounce these words. Why do scientists make these so hard <laughs> For people like me, uh, for, uh, for us. Sh-
1: oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear.
0: For Ooh us, sure What? phosphorat out. Phos- oh, there you go. phosph It's coming out. Yeah. Okay. I probably just misspelled this when I was making my notes. I'm, I'm realizing here. Probably. I suck at spelling. I really do. Anyway, colloquially known as terror birds. These things, some of them stood up to nine feet tall. They existed through into the Cenozoic and basically their descendants even up to, you know, 17,000 years ago, which is not that Where long ago. Where
1: were these? These are North American birds. There
0: was findings in Uruguay that, uh, oh. so yeah. So South America, hmm. uh, yeah, basically they were, um, picture a raptor. So flightless yeah. bird. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah. A raptor. That's so funny. Like, yeah. Well, like... <laughs> now i'm picturing like toronto raptors like the mascot but like it's interesting that a raptor and like dinosaurs and birds are all kind of very like obviously they come from similar origins and they hunt in similar ways and now i'm just like my mind just trailing back to the 10,000 bc that scene where they're getting hunted by these things and it's yeah. exactly like the new uh the new version of jurassic park where they're yeah. doing the same things they're doing the hunting exercises and that guy. What's yeah. his name again? That hilarious dude. I don't know. <laughs> He's like basically <laughs> teaching them how to do that and everything. I don't know. I anyway. Sorry, that was note. Yeah. I'm just wandering here.
0: I mean, yeah.
1: But other than that, like, say, so, so terratorn. Like, I saw a discovery in La Pampa, Argentina. So these things did range quite a quite a big. There's evidence territory, everywhere. Eh? Yeah and then you get similar like you know like albuquerque yeah alaska new mexico all these things like yeah wide wide range
0: yeah mm-hmm. and and you know what I, one of the most recent of them all is the one related to the maori legend that we mentioned earlier of the puki and and uh, or pukai <coughs> and mm-hmm. uh, most people just assume that the maori were thinking of the hast eagle and you mentioned the hast eagle briefly earlier And it's an extinct species of eagle that was really big, like 10 foot wingspans and beyond, um, you know, weighed up to 33 pounds Mm -hmm. and more, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for a bird that's quite large,
1: sorry, 35
0: pounds, 33 pounds and and up, Hmm. uh, depending on the, on the gender. Mm -hmm. And they were, they attacked Moa, like the, 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 the flightless birds, the same flightless birds that the Maori would hunt and other, you know descendants of the megafauna basically and Hmm. they were around up to like as recent as 600 years ago that is not that long ago like that's really really recent yeah so you know that's not a huge bird like that's not and we're not talking 40 foot wingspan like picking up a kid but that existed as recent as 600 years ago definitively maybe there's still a descendant of it out there in the jungles of new zealand that we haven't seen um i have an example of that there was a herd of can't remember the exact name of it but a herd of basically mountain buffalo mm-hmm. thought to be completely extinct mm-hmm. and they were discovered by a bush pilot going over a remote route uh, on the alberta border with the u.s and they saw these buffalo and they were like what? they were thought to be completely extinct and there was a completely isolated herd of them Aww. and they they had been completely iso- isolated for centuries and they huh. tested them, and they were completely genetically different than their plains ancestors. That's cool. how isolated they were. What? And this was like relatively recently. Yeah, I don't have the exact date in front of me, mm-hmm. but that just goes to show. That's an entire herd of animals herd. that that animals Hundreds that animals. weigh a, a, a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're telling me we there can't be a couple of giant bird species still kicking around, laying one egg here and there out in remote places and stuff? With long
1: lifespans that get old and... Like, yeah, it's, it's, that's pretty incredible, That is right? pretty cool. Well, potentially, was, potentially. Or I can get into some other crazy stuff. But yeah. anyways, yeah, like, as far as... I feel like we've covered the gambit on yeah, known we've, we've, giant birds extinct or otherwise...
0: Legendary and birds,
1: legendary birds, origins, mythology, all that stuff. It's time for theories, but but first we have a a little um, tidbit. Yeah. I would say from our friend Rob over at Our Strange Sky, one of our
0: favorite shows. Yes, hands down and favorite shows. We just want
1: to say again, quick shout out for sending us that book. I oh yeah, I, I just <laughs> read the introduction the other day, and I'm um, <laughs> you're right. It is kind of. It's crazy. It's crazy, but I'm really excited to dive into it.
0: (laughs) Anyway, here's a little clip from uh, Our Strange Skies. Yes.
2: What's up, UFOnauts? It's your UFO guy, Rob Christofferson. Have you ever been curious about the UFO phenomenon, but unsure of where to start? Have you ever wondered about just what crashed at Roswell? Have
0: you ever wanted common sense advice about licking UFOs? The answers don't then check out the Our Strange Skies podcast, where we dive into America's rich UFO
2: history and uncover what these sightings say about ourselves. You can find us on Apple Podcasts,
0: Google Play, Stitcher, and most podcast apps, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget to look up, because you never know what you'll find in Our Strange Skies. In gray we trust. And we're back. (laughs) Hmm. So make sure you guys go and check out Our Strange Skies. Yeah. It's awesome. Do it. We love it. <laughs> okay, well, we're rocking into theories. Woo.
1: Yep, we are. It's...
0: So I know it might sound strange for us to say that because we've covered a lot of, uh, it might seem like we've jumped around and we probably have a little mm. bit of an ADHD episode, but there was so many cool <laughs> different things yep. that were all giant bird related.
1: It's hard not we to. We just
0: wanted to kind of make this a fun one where we were just kind of giving you guys a bunch of cool stuff a <laughs> bunch of cool tidbits
1: all right yeah so i think maybe we should start on the more conservative end of the spectrum for theories here and that it. would probably be the skeptic argument well most definitely would be all right let's hear it and i guess that whole theory comes down to or theory or position the idea that people are just grossly overestimating what they've seen Yeah, And it is easy to discount people perhaps that aren't experts or don't see these things on a daily basis. But a lot of people see the birds that they're familiar with in their environment on a daily basis. So in my mind, I don't want to, I don't want to discredit anyone and just, you know, play that card and be that person. But at the same time, we do have to mention it because, you know. Yeah. It is hard to gauge different distances with like no reference points and things like that. Indeed. You know. And you can even argue, like, I hate to say it, but with Marlon Lowe, too, like, you could say, like, this guy experienced years of nightmares after this. And when you are a child and you experience something traumatic, I'm not saying that it was any less traumatic, because obviously it did affect him. Something happened. Something did happen, yes. But you, like, he said he would dream about, he was fighting these birds for years in his dreams and things. So, really, like, you know, you could over time, I've
2: perhaps exaggerated develop
1: over time. an exaggerated account and for sure. totally believe it. I Totally agree. believe that that was what you experienced. I agree. So yeah. in that sense, like, it's just something that we need to put out there.
0: But. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but.
0: <laughs> At the same time. Yeah. That only works for some stuff. I, I, I <sighs> some of the stuff I read was just like the ultra skeptic where it was like, Nobody can judge. I don't believe anyone can judge the size of an object in the sky.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. That that just seems crazy to me. If if you're a pilot and you spend your time in the sky, nothing but the sky,
2: mm-hmm. I would
0: hope that most pilots are able to judge the distance of other objects in the sky. That's just me and my sort of just... Maybe that's wishful thinking, but... <laughs> Like, I think there's people autopilot that are more credible. Autopilot has done
2: wonders. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> like no the autopilot telling. from Airplane. is just an inflatable guy that just blows up. You press a button, it just blows up.
1: And once he starts deflating, you're going to blow him back up or else he won't fly a plane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Some
1: pretty raunchy scenes. In that. But I'm saying
0: there's more credible eyewitnesses than others. Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, even, even the footage from, um, you know, Texas John... I don't think mm-hmm.
1: or someone we didn't mention like well Texas John yeah sorry no go for Finish it no, no no that
0: was it like I, I just think that that's that gives us something to work with it does it's a reference and it's something unidentified what were you gonna say yeah
1: well we kind of skipped over the Guadalupe account that guy that was from... another Texas one wasn't it, it was yeah I was from San oh my gosh San
0: Antonio S- San
1: Antonio just outside
0: like outskirts I think
1: Yeah, Guadalupe, Canto, San Antonio, Texas. And this was in the mid-2000s. And he was in his car. I think he was chowing down some... It was like after
0: work and he was on the side of the road.
1: Yeah, so he was parked. And he essentially saw this giant thing land on a telephone pole. And so that is a point of reference. You can go back to that pole. And he said it was about a third of the size is the estimate. And so that... About eight feet about eight feet that's it's big so that's the the yeah that's how tall it was so yeah that's not the the wingspan itself like and again wingspan. like he's not
0: an expert but it's right in front of his face yeah you don't have to be an expert when something's right in front of your face yeah and
1: and that kind yeah. of come like he made the comment too he said that a lot of people probably just don't report these things because they fear being ridiculed just like Marlon Lowe just was. just like Marlon
0: Lowe and, his, and, and his, a lot and of his, other people and, his mom.
1: and that's kind of where we get into the cryptozoological element here yeah. because there is the idea that perhaps these things aren't as rare as we think they are because the reportings go un- or sorry the reportings the sightings or whatever go unreported and people are doing that because they, yeah exactly that they fear the humiliation And I've seen accounts from people from like bird watching communities where they're basically saying, like, yeah, like, um, I live in Illinois and I, I think it was, I'm not a bird expert, but I think it was a starling that this guy apparently saw. Okay. A starling. Or something? No, I maybe mean, it wasn't a starling, but it was something that was like a subtropical variety. Okay, and okay. he saw it in Illinois, and he basically said like he submitted it to like the bird watching association he's involved and with, and he just got ridiculed. And he, yeah, he
2: did. Yeah, for that. Yeah,
1: and it's not like he's reporting a giant bird that's of mythological origin. So yeah, in that sense, like you can make the argument that people just. Maybe they know this stuff and it's it's just kind of behind Isn't closed that doors. Isn't just
0: so typical of the academic community, though, in yeah. general? That's oh, why yeah. it's so awesome to have just, like, people even like Chris Cogswell from Mad Scientist. Like, yes. you know, that guy's got a PhD. He's the director of research for MUFON or whatever. And, like, that's great. People And he world is needs more out people there like him.
1: to find answers. He's not there to pose sensationalist questions, to just put out these like little tidbits, like these baits, and then just be like, oh, and and we have no way of following up or whatever.
2: It really is. He wants to
1: turn that into well, he already is turning it into
2: yeah.
1: a legitimate organization. Like, <laughs> I, It's funny that I say legitimate organization as if it's like an illegitimate organization, but in the minds of a lot of, like, say, conventionally minded people. I that, think
0: most people who don't even know it exists. Uh, yeah, too. especially in
1: Canada, right? Like, yeah,
0: definitely in We see
1: it on things like Asian aliens, and we just kind of completely discount it because it sounds so <laughs> r- ridiculous. Right. It's just, yeah, it's something yeah. in its own realm.
0: <laughs> right. But. So... Yeah, cri- cryptozoological angle cryptozoological angle. I can't even talk today. Oh my god.
1: Cryptozoological. Gosh. So these people are thinking it's from the pterosaur family or something along those lines. The pteratorn, that type of thing.
0: Okay. So there, so well those are two different things. I mean the or pterosaur sorry, yeah. would be the sorry the p- dinosaur pterosaur angle. family
1: Or teratorn raptor genus. Right.
2: So
0: So here's the thing. Could it have mixed could it be some sort of ancient species of pteratorn? That was that that definitely existed not that long ago, like into the end of the Cenozoic, I believe. Mm-hmm. And into the Mesozoic,
1: is that correct? I oh my
0: gosh! Can't confirm. But that. But they're they're one of the more recent species of large birds.
1: Went extinct like thousands could, of years ago, right. not tens exa- of thousands. Exactly.
0: Could there have been some sort of offshoot with condors or some other species that we yeah. do know of that are already ginormous? That's a part of the cryptozoological theory. Here's the thing with me. It's like a lot of this stuff like Illinois, you know, this is like the middle US. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that... A lot of people find it hard to believe that a brand new species could exist mm-hmm. in that type of location. For me, it makes me think about Sasquatch and stuff like that. I feel like the Canadian, like BC, West Coast, when I'm thinking Thunderbirds, the Haida of people seeing Thunderbirds come in from yeah. the coast... That's a territory that's so massive, that's yeah. seasonal, that could actually harbor yeah. a small group of these giant birds.
1: It, it really could, a small flock. And just for everyone's reference point, I actually didn't know this until like a week ago, but essentially, our national forest lands, or national, sorry, provincial forest lands, kind of, they are the equivalent of france and germany combined yeah of like uninhabited like Forest. wilderness wilderness like like yeah yeah so i'm 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 getting more so... and more convinced that there could be a bigfoot and other cryptid creatures
0: absolutely there. it's massive territory yeah. and the indigenous peoples throughout it believe in these things
1: and they were the ones that actually inhabited the environment and had more of a communal existence like what we do these days we just take over we're like we're like cancer we're just an infectious disease and we don't communicate with that unless it comes knocking on our
0: door right
1: so in that yeah
0: so there's many ornithologists and people that believe that there's yeah exactly that there's a species that is out there Mm -hmm. and it's and it's in in actually numbers that are bigger than you'd think like Mm -hmm. a sustainable population and the same goes for sasquatch and a few other things And it kind of makes sense to me. I mean, it is so remote. And yeah, Yeah. you're not perching in a tree and making a nest, but you're living in a cliff, Mm -hmm. or you're what? Maybe nesting on the ground. I don't know exactly how these things might actually live and feeding on deer and things like that on the ground. Just like we're talking about the Tong child, where you're ripping it apart and piecemeal. You got drumsticks of this thing (laughs) that you're taking back one at a time. You don't have to carry the whole human
1: drumsticks.
0: And just another hilarious crazy note, hmm. I mean, just to just to go to show how big things were, there was evidence recently that an international team of scientists announced the discovery of a previously unknown species of prehistoric penguin off the coast of New Zealand. <laughs> the cute little bird that waddles around in New Zealand. Okay, and they were around as as you know, way back sixty million years ago, even their ancestors, right? Yeah. And this is one of them, and it weighed about two hundred and twenty pounds and stood around six feet tall. A penguin. <laughs> Could you imagine mm, if that goodness. was Pengu standing six feet tall? I'd. Pro- that's the only time I would be afraid of Pengu.
1: <laughs> Pengu, love Pengu. Well, okay. But so... it just
0: goes to show. I mean, it's crazy what things used to be, and if yeah. there were ancestors that kind of carried over. These things are massive. All kinds of different species.
1: And the thing is too, like some people make the argument, uh, what about remains? What about, say, avid hunters that are out in the wilderness all the time that maybe never come across these ever? And slash are people that would track these things if they saw them and somehow you don't really get any accounts of that. So in that sort sort of note or whatever...
0: The theory for that the... is it, it goes along with the accounts, right? That they're jet black. Oh. What were you going to say? Yeah.
1: Okay. So you're thinking like a natural sort of camouflage well, or nocturnal habits?
0: Possibly both one and the same in the sense mm-hmm. that like they are nocturnal and a part of them <sighs> being nocturnal is is the fact that their they're, they're natural camouflage is that they are jet black,
1: what which if? is what
0: most of the reports are.
1: What if? i'm just i having a crazy thought here
0: crazy epiphany cray, time
1: okay okay i'm thinking like almost cthulhu like combining aquatic like those um oh my goodness what are those little things called those little cool squid things that can change color and they're like amazing <laughs> and they're super smart What are you talking? uh well we've <laughs> we, crazy we, squid wa- things like no, they're they're a type of squid and they basically can change color at will
0: okay i can't remember i don't know continue what
1: we were that thing the other night about uh, <laughs> like giant squids and all this other stuff. Okay, keep going. Really cool, but, anyways, people who are in this area know what I'm talking about. Oh, the cuttlefish.
0: Cuttlefish, okay, yeah, 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 cuttlefish. Yes!
1: Cuttlefish for the win here. Okay. Congratulations.
0: So, cuttlefish are able
1: to camouflage, are able to change colors at will. What if this is an airborne type of cuttlefish that has a skin, a membrane skin? right? Because this is described as many as being featherless. What if it has a, um, a membrane that is capable of changing so it can disguise itself to be the sh- like color of the sky, the exact shade, and therefore goes unnoticed unless say it's swooping in or something or whatever. Like, wh- sorry, this is like total out of left field, <laughs> but goes in line I with wish, cryptozoological I wish that
0: theory. My expression could be translated <laughs> through the microphone right now. Because you just blew me out of the water. I did not think, I did not think that that's where you were going with that. At all. (laughs) At all. You're a bit nutso-spaghetti-o, I think. That's a little crazy.
1: That is pretty
2: crazy. But you know what? It's
0: obviously a real thing. That's a real animal. Possibly. Because the reports are some feathered, some not. But most are that it's dark if it's camouflaging itself. I think, yeah, the fact Mm -hmm. that it would maybe operate at night Somewhere in BC, California, kind of mm-hmm. roam up through the Rocky Mountains sort of range area into very, very, very remote areas mm-hmm. and prey on small fauna,
2: mm-hmm.
0: fish, deer, baby deer, yeah. maybe even baby bears, Raccoon. things like that, and bigger things like
1: that—porpoises.
0: All kind. <laughs> You're just naming stuff now. <laughs> You're just naming things. What do you do? Kind
1: doing? of what sorry. Are you doing? But it's
0: more real, you know. You know what else? I thought I thought about Siberia too because I was like, "That's so remote." But I tried to find some reports of giant birds out there. But there's, I couldn't really. There's owls and and eagles and all kinds of things. But no, nothing. Very
1: similar, because it's boreal forest. Yeah, it is. But it's Mm
0: -hmm. there's harsher parts of it. True. For sure. More
1: remote. Mm -hmm. And
0: and uh, I feel like you might have an easier time, especially on the coast of Canada. There's a lot of remote section that's coastal too even when you're out on like victoria and on the island and and uh you know parts just north of vancouver Mm -hmm. super super remote (laughs) were you laughing at me (laughs) i'm not laughing i'm more laughing at myself (laughs)
1: how dumb i am
0: (laughs) so i think you know another really cool thing too i didn't mention (laughs) that thunderbirds the one of the theories for thunderbirds existing in, in indigenous legend is the updrafts. We talked about that with like condors riding updrafts mm-hmm. in cliff areas and in like, uh, you know, crevices mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There's ideas that like, you know, th- thunderbirds thought brought thunderstorms and lightning. Yeah, and we didn't this actually was basically, that, eh? this was basically the theory is that eagles and stellar eagles and different types of birds like that around the world would ride in to shore
1: Ride in the the storm. The updraft.
0: They're they're out hunting. They
1: were the original riders in the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Right?
0: So the people would see this and the birds would come in and what would follow? Thunder and lightning. Yeah. Right? Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: that's where the legend would, that's where the legend came from. I believe I think that's a really cool theory. I think mm. that's probably the most accurate theory that's, in terms of the actual That's what anthropologists leg-
1: mostly yeah, subscribe to. Yeah, and I to.
0: and I believe that. Yeah. But that doesn't account for the sightings of birds that are way bigger than just no, a bald yeah. eagle riding in a storm and people getting carried away. Yep. by giant birds.
1: And the skull that the what was it the can not the Cantu child The uh, tong child. The tong child, yeah. which
0: proves that eagles even today the 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 uh African uh, uh, African Crown eagle?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll hunt primates.
1: Spooky man. Well, okay, so we have this cryptozoological argument, and then from there, kind of on the crazy note that I was on before, is sort of a more paranormal tangent. Yep. So there's things like like what I just put out there, where maybe these... Like, that could be just more cryptozoological, because we do have a reference point in the cuttlefish, but... The paranormal. So I would kind of float towards the interdimensional I so.
2: aspect. I
0: think so. I think so. I really do. so. Do you have a reason why? Because I do.
1: Do you? <laughs> I have a reason why. It's I mean, not a very go good one. And that. I kind of mentioned it off the top of the show <laughs> when okay. I was talking about the astronomer seeing a giant bird, but could not find any substantiation for that what I remember hearing I feel like I am trapped in a Mandela effect with that one but, what's your yep. reason <laughs> what do you well mean?
0: here's my reason I think okay I always seem to go to go here
2: mm-hmm. and
0: people called me out for it on the Ogopogo episode being like you just chucked it in at the end interdimensional and I'm like yeah well guess what buddy it's into the portal I, come yeah, on it's into the portal that <laughs> we're going through the portal here Get <laughs> yeah, with the program no <laughs> but It does make sense. It plays into a lot of these cryptid creatures. Cryptonaut podcast mentioned that when they briefly about Sasquatch the other day. I don't even remember what episode it was, but just the idea of interdimensionality and how they think that that's more likely. Or the one guy did anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: But I think that we're looking at all this fossil evidence of these ancient birds that were massive in North America as maybe being connected to a cryptozoological connection to the legend of Thunderbirds.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So... To maybe link that again to the d- interdimensional aspect, maybe these birds aren't exactly from the same period of like time, but just a different dimension. It's just like, they're crossing over. It's like, uh, the hmm. reason why they're so big is because maybe it's interdimensional, but it's like a different period of time, I guess is Ooh. what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not, um, that maybe it's the but same if- prehistoric birds that did exist in our time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's why they re- resemble the Torn and that's why they resemble these or prehistoric if they are species. Or
1: dimensions where just you know, you know, where you get the idea of the interdimensional aspect, where it's like, yeah, maybe there is just slight changes in each dimension. You kind right. of get like little, like it's almost like uh, turns of the screw. Yeah, and those uh, hair different, exactly. But what if everything's just bigger it's like in mario when you go from the normal world to the giant world and then you go back and oh my gosh i miss mario now (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that actually makes a lot of sense to me i mean because i love that idea that we're like say humans themselves aren't capable of sort of flipping through the pages of all these different dimensions that are sort of residing um beside each other or like in in relation to each other in some way, like, or you could go with the bubble theory where it's like, we're all just a bunch of bubbles, all like kind of touching sides all over the place. And some are further away from us and some are closer and more recognizable and whatever else. But yeah, that, that makes, that makes me think that these could be similar to the things like skinwalkers or Bigfoots that like, say on the skinwalker ranch, um, case where there was like the documentation from the paranormal investigators where they threw the, um, night vision goggles the one guy actually saw the the bright the opening of, of something come up and yeah. it looked like a portal and then he saw a dark big figure that looked like a bigfoot come through
2: exactly and
1: then the portal closed up yeah and so what is that that makes me think that these are happening more yeah. often than we like to think
0: absolutely and obviously people like to exaggerate things too mm. but if you were to kind of like go the more fun route and think that the legend of even the the rock and the legend of thunderbirds on the west coast being able to pick up small ele- elephants or pick up small whales, mm-hmm. that makes me think that like the birds that these people are seeing are obviously maybe maybe not you know they're not visible all the time mm-hmm. so that's you know they're they're just they're 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 there when they need to be or they're there when they want to be or they're there by accident. But what? they're so big that they can attack the the animals that exist definitively in our world. Yeah, that are way too big for the birds we know of that are definitively in our world to yeah. attack.
1: And what if they're not? Like, what if they have some help? Like, what if they don't? Aren't bound by the laws of physics? You know what I mean? Like, where they have greater lifting capability? What if they have like Just psychokinetic, That type of thing. We're going you
0: know? real crazy. Real crazy. Quite frankly, it has, yeah. here's my ultimate theory here. I quite frankly think that there's probably a subspecies of of a condor, North American condor, California yeah. condor, that is I'll some figure. sort of an offshoot of a hybrid of a Teratoran species that managed to survive into our modern time hmm. that has bred with condors or a bird like yeah. con- like a condor.
1: Yeah, cross species sort of.
0: Something like that. But it would have to be like the, the territory w- was a bird of prey because the thing with the condors is they don't have the talons like a raptor mm, to pick things up. Yeah. So it has to be a hybrid species.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: I think that, I think that the middle America sightings to me, I, I have a hard time. I have a mm-hmm. hard time with those. Mm-hmm. The West coast Thunderbird legends and East coast Thunderbird legends coming in from the sea, coastal birds and yep. territories in Northern Canada and things like that. Kinda that are
1: vast. More credence to you. I
0: feel like it could exist.
1: Mm-hmm. I also
0: feel like in terms of the Middle Eastern legends of the Iraq, there's a lot of, well, le- there's a lot of, there's a lot of space in if the you're deserts.
1: If you coastal versus inland, and if you tie in the idea that maybe these are migrational patterns, maybe these are coastal birds from Alaska, from the North that do migrate down through Texas into the Mississippi, into the Gulf, and then they come back up. And so that's their pattern and, and we're they're massive. Just, and, and, and just and to tie into that, okay. I saw footage on YouTube, because obviously we're googling around, we're yep. finding video clips and all this stuff. And there was that footage I found that wasn't contextualized, uh, but it was basically from the window of a plane, and it was high, high, high above the clouds, like like really high. And so could you imagine if these birds migrate like they do and uh, most like 90% of the time they're in these like, like this is like 6,000 feet or something. This is higher than any other bird had ever been seen. Like that was the, like they were saying like, this is crazy. Yeah, they might travel And I will include that in our reference notes just so people can go check that out because I, I need to go back and actually see where that was. But again, it was in North America. So yeah. In that regard, maybe they they're just, they ride the updrafts, they are coastal, but they do have seasonality, migrational
2: That's an interesting tendencies. theory.
0: That's really interesting. It's coming up with nails. And maybe, yeah, and, and and these sightings are just because of this seasonal pattern, but because they're so like small. Like the, the, the three-week the,
1: flap in Texas, right? Because yeah. they're just traveling through. Yeah. they just going on the way. But
0: there's, the species is so small, and the subspecies of it is so small that mm-hmm. it's just like barely, barely seen. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that one.
2: Cool. I like that one. it's Cool.
0: Anyway, I do definitive. I believe that there's giant birds out there. Oh, I hey, actually
1: on on the note. <laughs> sorry, yeah, you believe there's it. giant birds. Everyone believes there's giant. Well, oh, I believe there's giant birds out there somewhere. I just on the note of migratory patterns and just people back in time trying to figure this stuff out. Something I did not know until right before we recorded this episode, and I looked it up. What's that? Randomly, um, apparently in the 17th century there was a man named Charles Morton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he he put forth the idea in his treatise that um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> birds, because at the time, this is like, is this pre Darwin? no when was darwin again that was like
2: Uh, was that 1800s? i think it was
1: anyway sorry i might be pre darwin and we might sound like fools now
2: sorry probably
1: (laughs) but anyways this was before they knew exact migratory habits of birds and things they didn't really understand why birds come and go as they do yeah and so he put forth this theory that birds migrate to the moon every winter (laughs) you go and he put
0: it forth in like you know an what? actual
1: document like a maybe treaty.
0: some of them do
1: man <laughs> maybe they do
0: maybe and some he of calculated
1: them the distances and everything it was like oh thousands. My God. you
0: put in the time <laughs> yeah. what a guy <laughs>
1: well he was serious well you know what good on him good on him here's to you charles morton good try good old morty <laughs> uh, i think that kind of wraps it up
0: yeah that wraps it up for me Mm, they're out there though keep your eyes open for thunderbirds i really
1: hope everyone listening enjoyed our ramblings on the thunderbirds
0: yeah this was a longer episode than we wanted and or expected but uh we had a really good time there's giant (laughs) birds out there i'm convinced after looking at this all this there's
1: something there's something to it which is why we did this episode and so before we wrap it up we would like to thank Zangus. Uh, thank you for your awesome review. We really appreciate your enthusiasm. And also, thank you for illuminating for us some of the characteristic tendencies of the Black Condor. Or yep. perhaps how DC treats the Black Condor. <laughs> Just kind of <laughs> throw them around a bit. Uh, yep. Yeah, so that was awesome. And also to Josh Bolander uh apparently i i got his comment it was a few days late but he discovered us last week i believe and he says he's already re-listening the episode so we're really stoked on that yeah thanks man awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah thanks man that You're, makes us honestly
1: you are the spark that keeps our motivation and Definitely. our passion alive so totally boom, we appreciate you
0: And as usual, if, uh, just reach out to us, let us know what you think, give us ideas, anything. We're into that. Into the portal, mailbox at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, into the portal one. Talk to us, come chat with us.
1: Do it. We'll have a blog post up as well, uh, tomorrow, I guess. And, uh, otherwise, yeah, please, if you're digging the show, leave us a reading, a review. Like we love reading those. Like it's, it really makes my entire week.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. Makes my life yeah so yeah if you're digging the show please do that and uh yeah this has been go check out the
1: website i'm so pumped we got that merch on the way for ourselves like honestly the main reason we went with t public is because we just
0: wanted some stuff we did
1: yeah we want to I rock wanted, it. i
0: just wanted a mug
1: and it was risk-free right yeah exactly like, it was just like we don't have to stock inventory which is great yeah. and then you guys reap the benefits because yeah. it's really affordable yeah if you want to rock some stuff go for it like, and the
0: artwork from desdemona is amazing and I'm amber's artwork just... is great too amber did our logo our black and white logo yeah. and it's up there so uh i'm stoked about that.
1: <laughs> our we're calling it the retro vinyl it's icon. the retro
0: vinyl icon
1: the black and white yeah
0: so anyway free. go check that Anyways, out um, yeah. links on the website and, and we'll thanks we'll have again the show for,
1: notes up and yeah. thanks for listening
0: yes thank you As so always. much for listening and we will be back next week we're not gonna give we're not gonna give you any no hints. we're not
1: <laughs> you gotta wait all right guys we'll <laughs> until next time on into the portal.